Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 163, Fearful Sights, interview with Al Matthews. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hello, welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. Amen, John. And we've got some very interesting things to talk about tonight when we introduce our very special guest in just a moment. But why don't we start off tonight with uh, you letting our seekers know how much we appreciate them, John. Yeah, this episode is brought to us by our premium podcast uh, subscribers, what we like to call the seekers, people out there seeking the truth, yeah. and they are J.Y., Charles D., Catherine T., Elizabeth B., and Matt B., all of which subscribed in April of this year. So thank you guys very much. Thank you, absolutely. We appreciate you. Yeah, you allow us to continue this ministry and do special things like what we're about to do when I introduce to you my very special guest today, who is Alan Matthews. Al was born in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. He is now 64 years old and living in British Columbia. But Al became awake to the Christian faith and Jesus Christ in 2008, and he's been featured in several of L.A. Marzulli's videos, including The Watchman Chronicles in their own words, UFOs are real, UFO Disclosure, The Coming Great Deception, UFO Abductions, which also featured our dear friend Karen Wilkinson, and cattle mutilations, uh, mutilations, all are available at lamarzuli.net. Al has agreed to join us today and speak to us about his abduction experience that he's had, his encounters with a hybrid alien human woman, and the strange craft and creatures that he and others are sighting in the woods of British Columbia. So, Al, welcome to Bible Mysteries. My pleasure, guys. Can't wait to get it started. Yep. Well, we are so privileged to have you here. And let's see, I'm going to try to get myself and squeeze us all into the frame. There we go. Al's right in the middle, just where we want him to be in the hot seat. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) Al, I'm so grateful that you could find the time to spend with us today. Why don't we start with the most important thing of all, which is you came to a faith in Jesus Christ in 2008. Tell me a little bit about how that happened. Well, when I was a young uh, young lad and started having these weird encounters, I didn't have a clue what was going on. I didn't know anything about aliens, uh, any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened for a while. We'll get into that later. Uh, abductions, missing time, just confused about what was going on. But there was a lull where nothing happened for years, and then I moved up to... Uh, the Gatnos, which is north of Ottawa, I found out later, well, it's native land, but it's haunted. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and there's there's patterns with that, uh, especially in North America, where all these strange creatures, missing people, um, Sasquatches, you name it. Well, anyway, I lived up there and had a bunch of stuff happen to me. And um, I fled back east in 1994. 
and moved out to BC. From 1994 to 2008, next to nothing happened to me mm -hmm. until I met that hybrid woman. And oh. that, that was it. That's when things changed. Um, my house started being haunted. Uh, my roommate got possessed. I could go on and on about that. My. And I said, this, this stuff has to stop. And uh, this, this stuff is not aliens in any way or form. Uh, the same thing in haunted houses or the same thing on these ships. There's just different forms of their wickedness. And uh, I came to a Christian friend of mine who I had met at a UFO meetup group. And uh, we chatted, and he introduced me to L.A. Marzulli. Right. And that's when everything changed. Everything oh. changed. So was L.A. your first um, encounter with a, with a believer that had some answers for you? Jim Wilhelmson was. Have you heard of Jim? I'm not familiar with Jim. Oh, John, have you? I have not heard of Jim either. How okay. Do you, um, how do you use his last name again, Al? Wilhelmson. Wilhelmson. He's out of Michigan. Okay. He's written a book called The Fourth Reich. Oh, interesting. Now, that title alone makes me want to find out more about him. Um, uh, well, so um, we'll have to look him up, or maybe you could uh, put us in touch with him. Is he still with us? Still alive? I've been trying to get a hold of him. Um, he went through, he was in the military. Uh, then he was starting to have abductions. He became a Christian pastor in Detroit. And I haven't heard from him. I've been trying to get a hold of him for the last couple of years. He's been on uh, the Watchers series with uh, L.A. Marzulli. He is an amazing guy. Oh, wow. Just amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, so then he was your first encounter, perhaps, with a, with a Christian believer that had some uh, exposure to give you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Exactly. He prayed over me. Um, he more or less told me what was happening to me had happened to him. Hmm. I was hearing more and more of that when I joined a, a meetup group in BC and the parallels were just, I mean, the people I met there, you had people that were like new agers. You could tell right away. It didn't make them bad people, yeah. but it was totally, totally different, but with the same beings. And they would tell you, Oh, there's good ones and bad ones. Oh yeah. Um, I totally disagree with that. And, and by the way, they're not space brothers or aliens. L.A. and I have had a good laugh about that. It's not a laughing matter, but to think they're True. space brothers is, uh, what do you say to that? Well, we, we know it's part of people. their deception, right? Yes, yeah. yes, they are liars. Yeah. So then, uh, uh, what was the first name of Wil Wilhelmson? Um Jim, Jim Jim. So was Jim yeah. able to uh, give you some understanding of what was occurring to you? And then I guess you got exposed to the gospel at that point and, and knew that exactly. Christ was the, was the only hope. That's right. And then I started looking into it. And it's amazing how, and to me, this is a fact, how I was directed to certain individuals that were Christians that helped me out. Wow. And it just gave me a total understanding. Yeah. Um, we could talk uh, deeper about that, but I also can tell you, um, I'm not trying to jump ahead too much here, mm -hmm. but I had an encounter with an angel in the flesh. 
Oh, I'd love to hear about that. When uh, when uh, what I'll do is I'll make a note to come back to that because uh, yeah. what I what I think would be helpful that that I didn't even know about. Yes, the first you shared with me on that. So um, we'll go kind of linearly if we can. Okay. So uh, yeah. so what we'll do is let's back up because your testimony, of course, is what I like to get up front because knowing right. that you have a faith and taking that stand in Christ is what we mm-hmm. need to emphasize to our listeners that that's the only hope out of these sure. kind of things. But you uh, shared with me that you began having uh, abduction experiences at a very early age, long before this, right? That's right. Um, I was, I would say about the age of, it was 1972, so I'd be 13 years old. Okay. I was out on a hockey rink in Ottawa. Uh, I used to play lots of hockey with my twin brother and about 10 other kids. Okay. Uh, a mile away from our rink, our outdoor rink, there was a pollution plant. And one of the kids looked up and he said, what the heck are those things? And we all turned around and looked, and we saw three exactly the same discs, uh, saucers. You could call them saucers. Mm-hmm. Um, the sun was beaming off these things. We're all looking at them going, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. And they just darted like that in the sky. And everyone And Al, your your video, uh, your audio just cut out for a second. Can you repeat that last sentence? Yes. Uh, what happened was these things moved in the sky, and it scared everyone. Mm-hmm. They all ran into the changing room, and I stayed out on the rink and looked up at these things, going, "I wonder what those things are. I need to know what they are." I don't know why I said that, but that was in my mind. I, and I've heard this many times, being a UFO researcher, I got this feeling of, oh, just angelic, beautiful, warmth, wonderful. And uh, <laughs> yes, and I've had, had other abductees I've talked to, when their encounters first started, it was the same thing. So it was exactly the same. It's almost like the deception includes, I guess they, they, they pick the ones they want, but would you say that that sense of feeling of angelic euphoria is, euphoria is is that what you experienced is that what others that were with you saw felt too well none of them they were in the they were in the uh changing room mm-hmm. they i believe to this day they were there for me and i'll explain why okay i have a twin sister twin sister i have a sister that's two years older than me mm-hmm. i had mentioned this to her years and years later and I said, oh, I'm in a documentary about that thing that happened to me. And she goes, oh, I'd love to watch it. Uh, she watched it years later, and we're talking 20, when did that come out? 2017, 2018? Uh-huh. And we didn't talk about the UFOs before then. And she goes, oh, I watched that, but they weren't discs. And she goes, it was earlier than that, and it was three black triangles over the same pollution plant. And I'm going, what? Why didn't you tell me? And that was two years earlier. So it was a separate encounter. Yes, that would have made me 11. And she goes, you were so freaked out. It's like you had seen them before. And I'm going, why didn't you tell me? And she goes, I didn't want to bring it up again. There was no reason to. My. You know, um, you know Karen Wilkinson, and she's been in some of the same films. And uh, mm-hmm. she's one of those unique individuals that not only had experiences like you, 
but has more recollection for some reason. Uh, do you believe yes. that uh, maybe screen memories prevented you from remembering those three triangular uh, craft and th that your sister told you about? That's a very good question. I mean, at a young age like that, that's very possible. Mm. But there's one thing I can tell you, Scott. Looking back at those times, and that's a long time ago, mm -hmm. I vividly remember I had... Uh, we had bunk beds, my brother and I, mm -hmm. in one bedroom. He would sleep on the top. I would be on the bottom. I used to sleep on the top, but I fell out too many times. And my <laughs> mother goes, you're not sleeping up there anymore. <laughs> Who knows what that has to do. I don't want to start any conspiracies. But So I'd be sleeping on the bottom, and I would remember at night waking up with a light in the room, a bright light, and I'd call out to my brother, and this had happened a few times and not hear it anything from him nothing zero then you would not remember what happened except i started changing i would be paranoid to go in the basement i would look under the bed at night i would look in the closet at night i would walk by the basement door and just have this feeling no i'm not going down there as a kid oh it sounds like you were having abductions before you saw those three craft and maybe at a very young much younger age do you think did your brother ever confide that he had similar experiences nothing nothing with him Interesting. they wanted me yeah they okay wanted me now okay, what do so you I'll recall of that uh, once you saw those three craft did you did you then later actually recall any uh, abduction experiences or did were, were screen memories preventing you from seeing that um things would happen where i'd have strange marks on me i would have these three i can describe them and remember to this day three perfectly round red little boils on my finger and i showed them to my mom and they we're in the shape of a triangle. I've seen that on other abductees, but not on their finger. And it was on my fingertip. And my mom looked, she goes, that's the strangest or, or uh, a spider bite I've ever seen. And I go, and she goes, does it hurt? And I go, no. The next day it was gone. I remember the next day I looked and it was gone. I go, this is what I said. I can remember to this day. I go, boy, do I heal quick. That's, that, that was my reaction. Yeah. But I was having nosebleeds, too. My brother wasn't having any of that. I mean, kids have nosebleeds. Sure. But I, I became paranoid, Scott. Yeah. For, and I was just a happy little kid playing hockey. I used to play cards, like uh, swapping hockey cards. Just a normal yeah. life of a young boy. And everything changed. Everything wow. changed going to school. I, it was like I had no sleep. I would be uh, not distraught. I would be confused. I would be paranoid. I would go to school early, and I, it would be also lack of sleep and disoriented. I used to go sit in the washroom stall at times, mm -hmm. just trying to figure out things, and I couldn't figure out any of it, none of it back then. So really, you were almost experiencing what we could call anxiety or depression or whatever they, they call that. Uh, but as a result of these things that were happening to you that you couldn't even understand or explain or even remember, correct? Yeah, and I had nobody to talk to. I just yeah. told my mom, 
you know, these weird things that are happening, and you've heard this a thousand times. Oh, you're just having nightmares. Yeah. Al, do you know, was there anyone in your family that has been involved in something like Masonic Lodge or anything? Like a grandfather, even somewhere above the family chain? That's a good question. Um, I'll explain my background with my family. Uh, my dad came over after the war. He was an engineer in the British Navy. Uh, my mom was born in Australia, and I found out she was Roman Catholic. My dad, before he married, my mom said, I'm Protestant. He goes, there's no way I, I can marry you if you're Roman Catholic. My dad knew something was up, and he didn't tell us as kids. He just said there was no way. I heard that from my older sister. So they got married. We had a good upbringing. They came over from England after the war. And um, I can tell you one thing that happened after these abductions, which is pretty creepy, too. I mean, my most of my life has had some very creepy, creepy encounters. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, even when we were kids, uh, at the age of 16 and 17... My parents would travel from Ottawa down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They would pick up their trailer, which they got from uh, some folks down across the border in New York State. And the guy's wife happened to be into tarot card reading, um, uh, different psychic abilities. Mm. And told my dad this, and my dad said, uh, I don't want to deal with her, she's a witch. And my, my mom said, oh, don't you be ridiculous. I can remember them bickering about it. I'll put it that way. They weren't yelling at each other. Right. But my mom would say, oh, you don't believe in that. Go, go get your palm red buyer. Come on. And my dad said, no way. My mom had a way of getting my dad to say, okay, I'll do it. I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, he had his palm red. And the lady goes something very bad is going to happen to you. And my dad goes, well, what? And she goes, I don't think I should tell you. And he goes, no, now you're going to tell me. She goes, your, your life is going to be cut short and soon. And I remember my dad arguing with my mom. I told you I didn't want to see her. And she goes, oh, don't believe it, this and that. My dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer a year later. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. Um, you know, yeah. John, that was such a good question because John and I have yes. talked about this often when we have discussions about why are some people selected to be abducted or whatever. And um, we always feel like portals somehow got opened in, in an ancestry and in, in something that was done. And we, we always look for those clues, you know, those common factors. So that was a great uh, thing to bring up, John, because it sounds like well, that could have did. been. Could have been one, but but you were being uh, experiencing something even earlier than that. Uh, so well, that's that's what I was thinking. It was if I was being taken when I was eight to ten, and this happened when I was seventeen. Mm -hmm. They don't coincide, except for the fact that I'm more on my mum's side. I don't know if that has something to do it with mm -hmm. it. I used to have blonde hair. Mm -hmm. My mum had blonde hair. My dad had black hair. My twin brother had black hair. Now, I, uh, nothing with my brother, and he's a full-blown atheist. Yeah. Full-blown atheist. Do they know back then that's what he would become? I, like, 
Wow. Can they tell the future? Well, I mean... Yeah, they don't even want to mess with him, right? Because, Well, not that they don't want to mess with him, but they're like, hey, there's no reason for us to attack him. Let's go exactly. to the going to get more, the word out. Yeah, we've got Good him. Point. More or less, we've got him. Now we'll try and get get the other guy, Al. And uh, I, 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 from what I hear, people are chosen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you ask, well, why am I chosen? I, I'm living in a, 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 well, sleeping in a bedroom with a twin brother. Why didn't they take both of us? He, yeah. He's had zero encounters. None. None. Uh, did uh, Back to your mother, you said you, you and she shared the same blonde hair. Um, yes. So genetically, I guess you mean that, that you favor her more than, say, your brother favored more your dad. Uh, I would wise. figure that, yeah. 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 But do you think that there was um, uh, an ancestral component on your mom's side of the family to where people dabbled in the occult or, or were involved in New Age type things or maybe Masonic like John was talking about? Well, you think of the time that was. That was in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So if my mom's mom could have been back in the 40s and 50s, there were a lot of people into that. You just look at Germany back at the time before the war. Yeah. Well, but they were into over there, and I mean, yeah, channeling the virile power, um, yeah. all this stuff. So that was a big thing, and it was almost like I can't, I shouldn't use the word cool, but that was the thing that people used to do back then. Yeah, and you mentioned I think I heard you say your mother was originally from Australia. Yes, from Melbourne. So, so yeah. you know the Aboriginal. Uh, peoples there probably had some sort of connection to worshiping animals or gods or whatever and there could have been it's kind of like my my upbringing is the state of louisiana which you think right. is just a, a normal southern state but you know we got the voodoo and stuff down in new orleans so there's oh, yeah. ties to the occult that go deep in some of these cultures i suspect that there's a possibility there could have been some ties in australia mm -hmm. well you look at the point where most of these folks that are uh, living up in BC, we have all these different native groups, and uh, I mean, they are targeted by these entities because of not all the people, but their culture. They're mm -hmm. into shaman, they're into all these other things. Not all of them, yeah. but their land is cursed and haunted. Where you see as Sasquatches, you're seeing UFOs. Where you're seeing both of those things, you're having missing people. And the missing people up here, I'm telling you, is just off the charts. They say there's different triangles in B.C. where they're having cluster areas of people missing, just like Alaska. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to get into what's going on in B.C. in, in as much detail as you want to share. But mm -hmm. uh, getting back to uh, what you've shown, uh, what you've told us about your own upbringing and, and uh, the encounters you had. So right. you were around 13 or so when you saw the three flying discs. Did you, right. um, and you believe that they had probably uh, been involved with you prior to that, even starting as early as eight years old. Did you have other encounters or was there a point at which it stopped or did all this lead up to your encounter with the hybrid uh, woman? Well, uh, after that, seeing uh, those ships and going through high school, everything stopped. But there is one thing I just remembered that I also believe is important, and I'm sure you guys will agree. When my dad was on the merchant ships in the Second World War, um, I had asked him after seeing those three discs, I said, Dad, we were out on the rink, and we saw these, these weird lights, but they were like ships, 
and they made no sound and they moved really fast and they were like glowing or the sun was beaming off them. Uh, my dad goes, he told us both, my brother and I, he said, when we were out at sea, we would see things coming out of the ocean, these balls of light. We did not have a clue what they were. He said, we were more worried about what was underneath us, meaning U-boats. That's all he said. That's, that's interesting. Well, we know that yeah. these craft, that now they're calling them UAPs, but to me, they're still UFOs. <laughs> But they're, they're submersible, too. They, and I don't know if there's another acronym for that, uh, unidentified submersible or something, objects. But um, a lot of these, in fact, in fact, we're starting to think that the source of them is actually in the ocean rather than from other planets, you know, because there's probably demonic entities involved. Deep ocean bases, they're in Cordout Mountains. Um, <laughs> I mean, some of these places around the world, I live in an area that's a hotspot. And from where I live, the Garibaldi Mountains right up to Squamish, which is native land again, is roughly about 40 miles. People are seeing endless UFOs, orbs, uh, Sasquatches in that area hmm. with people going missing. Uh, people believe there's an underground base there. I believe there's many underground bases. I believe they're there in Antarctica, Alaska, and who knows where else. In the Himalayas, supposedly, yeah. there's something going on there. Yeah, we think the there's something in Mount Shasta, California. Well, oh, that's another spot. What yeah. are they called? The uh, Well, there's different names, but they're the same thing, which is funny. They're not Palladians. What are they? The Arcturians? Ar Arcturians, I think, is the, yeah, the term they yeah, use. Yeah, where people go missing and... People are mind-controlled to go up in the mountain and never seen again. Oh, my god! But I guess they're space brothers, right? Yeah, they're benevolent space brothers. I, I love that. Yeah, here to uh, help us. Right. So, really, obviously, they they wanted something from you. Um, yeah. You, you have no recollection of the particular, like, were you taken and experimented on? Were you assaulted? Were you molested? Were you uh, made to engage with other alien entities uh, to sort of like assimilate did you recall anything about those times well what we'll do is move on from a period of time where my high school ended um, nothing happened for about i would say 15 years that would make me around 32 okay when i got a cottage up in the gatnos which i didn't know was haunted land but i can tell you in a short period of time five different encounters up there and they were all disturbing. And I know one of them because when I was let go by these things, guys know when something has happened to them where uh, it was a sexual encounter, whether they were taking uh, sperm from me or was it a sexual encounter? I don't know. Mm. But um, we'll start with, um, I'm. it was 1992. There was a wave of UFO sightings up there, and I found out from all people, Dan Aykroyd. He put out a documentary called Unplugged on UFOs. I watched it with my friends later on in probably around 2010, and it said halfway through his documentary, nobody had ever seen the documentary. He goes, up in the Gatineau Hills in the early 90s, there's a wave of abductions and sightings and it was up to 1,500 people. Where he got that number from, I do not know. But that oh, was the word. time period. Yes, I know. My jaw dropped. And my buddies looked at me and they go, 
you're not lying. I go, why would I make this up? <laughs> I'm sure I have better things to talk about than this. Right? Yeah. So Dan Aykroyd's also Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he is. Yeah. And uh, well, and but, so I, I don't recall that series. I'm going to have to look that one up. That sounds like it would be but, worth watching. It is worth watching. It's called uh, Dan Aykroyd Unplugged on UFOs. Okay. And uh, and so anyway, when you saw this and you're waiting, okay, I'm I'm in the corner penthouse of Spook Central here. I live in the same area. You must have been at least disturbed. I know, I know. <laughs> so what what happened? Um, my first encounter. I'm up at my girlfriend's place. It's around eight thirty at night. We're about to sit down and have dinner, and she's going to get the roast. I remember it was a beef roast or something. She's a great cook. Coming out with the beef roast, I'm sitting at the dining room table, and all of a sudden I get up and start walking towards the door. And I can hear her perfectly going, what are you doing? We're about to eat. And I softly said, oh, just going outside. And when I answered her, she told me later on it spooked her. She said, it's like you were in a trance. Oh. I had walked out. Yes, it was creepy. I walked out the door and immediately under, you can call it possession, that's what it was. I looked up in the sky, beautiful night, the stars are out, and I pinpointed to this one star, what I thought was the star, and I go, that's the brightest star I've ever seen. And then I could see a blink come out of it. And not two seconds later, there was this massive white ball of light hovering over the tree line about 40 yards from me and it was pulsating and oh, you could my. see the the trees the branches swaying so it wasn't an illusion like some people say yeah. it was real and i looked at it and i said that thing got me to come outside i wonder which ones are in it and then i called to my girlfriend and the thing imploded like turning off a light it just imploded, shot up. I saw it and then disappeared. My girlfriend walked out and she goes, get in for dinner. Why are you screaming at me? And I go, you wouldn't believe what I just saw, a UFO. And she looked on my face. She goes, now you're really scaring me. She phoned her girlfriend to come over. We sat down and talked about it. Her girlfriend uh, stayed upstairs with her. And I go, I'm staying downstairs. I was sitting on the couch, staring at the front door. I go, and I, I've never heard other people say this, so it's not something I made up or, you know, I'm, I'm just staring at the door. And I go, I know you're watching me. I'm talking to the door perfectly straight and saying, I know you're watching me. Show yourselves. And that, that was my first abduction because I know I had missing time. Because when I did get up in the morning, I was all disoriented freaked out and then i had my girlfriend saying that was the weirdest night it's like you were possessed and i'm trying to put two and two together that was the first encounter sunday night nine o'clock a week later in my cottage listen to this one okay <laughs> a week later in my cottage nine o'clock at night i'm watching tv I hear the neighbor's dog, it's a Dober, or not a Doberman, a German Shepherd, nice dog, we get along with him, but uh, he would bark. He was over by my door barking, and I go, oh, that's weird. I went to get up, and the TV and all the power in my cottage shut off, yet I could still hear the dog barking. So 
I got up to get a candle and then something made me sit right back down in the seat and the TV came back on by itself and it was like your cable is cut off. It's just that snowy picture. Yeah. So I'm going, oh, that's weird. And I didn't realize it till later. Once again, I was mind controlled because I couldn't get up and I'm staring at the TV and my head's going closer to the TV and I can see a black shadow and it was a portal opening up. I didn't know what a portal was opening up out of the back of the TV and I'm just staring and going, what the heck is that? And I could see something It's like it was coming down a hallway and coming towards me through the TV. And then all of a sudden this reptilian face showed up in the screen of the TV. If you'd like to hear the entire interview with Al Matthews and his fascinating encounters, please consider becoming a premium podcast subscriber by going to BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.